Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to this podcast to College Success Formula. I'm Tom Bodorf, co-founder of College Success Formula. The title of tonight's podcast is Attention Rising Seniors, What You Need to Be Doing This Summer. My special guest tonight is Eric Goodhart. Eric is our Senior Admissions Counselor and is a charter member of our advisory team here at College Success Formula. Welcome, Eric. Hi, Tom. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Well, Eric, what have you determined to be the biggest mistakes families make with rising seniors that they continue to make regarding summer planning just before that senior year begins? Well, I'll tell you, the the, uh, summer between the junior and senior year is going to be filled with activities that have that are often forgotten and neglected until September. Uh-huh. And so what I find that the families are not looking ahead. They're planning. They're used to taking vacations um, in the summer when the school is out. But I just want parents to know that if they have a student who is going to be a senior and going to college uh, <clears throat> following high school, particularly if it's a very competitive college, that they need to not kind of redesign their vacation plans uh, and may not take long vacations and travel and so forth. Travel is fun and it's educational, but there's a lot of work that that student needs to do at home, which we are going to talk about tonight. So by taking those vacations, it takes away the time that that student can put into uh, the application and the essays that go into those applications. And just to clarify, Eric, you know, the term rising senior, I've I've learned recently that not everyone even knows what that really means. So when we say rising senior, everyone, we're referring to a student who has completed their junior year and they'll be entering their senior year this fall. Likewise, a a rising junior will be entering their junior year this fall, et cetera, et cetera. I, I realized just recently, Eric, that not all families have heard that term. We use it every day, of course, in our business, as do you, but not, not all families are aware of that. So just wanted to clarify that. So, so what should a college-bound rising senior have already done by the end of the junior year? Well, <clears throat> the junior year is the most uh, difficult, or, you know, the most challenging of the high school years normally in most high schools. That's when most students have taken the AP or IB programs. So there's been a lot of academic work that they've done. There's been some, so they haven't had a lot of time to do a lot of college prep, but things that they should have accomplished by the end of the junior year should have a list of uh, colleges that they've evaluated to some degree uh, based upon their, you know, their learning style, their academic profile, you know, and that's one of the things that students would do at uh, the beginning of the junior year at the end of the sophomore year. Okay. So. That list of colleges, which may have started to be, you know, 15 colleges, uh, <clears throat> should be uh, evaluated uh, at the end of the junior year. Um, if all the standardized tests have been taken, there may be others that they're going to take uh, in the fall. But pretty much, you know, the student now needs to look at, you know, their academic profile and how it measures up to those colleges that they have on that uh, list of 15. and get that list down to no less than eight, no more than 12 colleges. And that should ideally be done by the end of the junior year, right? Ideally. 
Yes. Uh, you know, by about this in middle of mid-June, you know, we're not quite in the, we're taping this. Uh, it's uh, the first, second week of June. It, uh -huh. But uh, by June 15th, June 20th, that list should be a realistic list based uh, on those uh, parameters that we just uh, mentioned. Now, what about those uh, rising seniors who have done nothing yet, though? Is it is it too late? I hear this question from them all the time. Is it too late? Have we missed the boat? Can we still catch up at this point? <laughs> Oh, yes, you can. Uh, just a matter of, you know, doing what's uh, doing it uh, <clears throat> quicker uh, and more uh, targeted, taking the time and just catching up, making that list. That list can be created you know, now. Um, so the steps just uh, need to be accelerated. Got it. Just kind of compress it all. <laughs> no, that's all. And you mentioned also um, testing, SAT and ACT tests. Should ideally... That should have been completed by, by the June sitting as well? Yeah. A lot of our students will take the uh, subject test uh, in June, and they'll take an ACT, uh, you know, a week. Usually it's given a week after the, the subject test that the college board administers. Right. So there's another. This particular year, uh, 2017, the college board is going to be offering a summer uh, SAT. Oh, that's right. In August 28th, I think it is. Um, uh -huh. So um, August 26th. Okay. And so they, if they're going to take, uh, if they're not satisfied with the SAT scores that they received, uh, they <clears throat> that they've uh, accomplished uh, by the end of the junior year, they'll have another opportunity on before senior year gets underway in any uh, <clears throat> to any degree on August 26th. They'll need to register by July 28th for that. Oh, good, good. Thank you for that. I, I think, as I recall, that I think they eliminated this next year in 018. I think they eliminated the January sitting, I think, of the SAT and yes. replaced that with the August sitting. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, that's what's happened. Okay, good. I used to recommend uh, students to take the January, but that's not going to be a strategy anymore. Yeah, that was a real popular sitting, actually. I think the first yeah. one then in 018 is, what is it, mm -hmm. March, I believe? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, uh, that... uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure um, of the exact date. Um, <clears throat> but all I have to do is go on the College Board site, and they'll see uh, all the uh, the dates and registration deadlines. Yeah, I think there's uh, seven of them, as I, as I recall, from August of this year through June. I think there's seven in total, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Eric, you know, we're, we're living in an era of, of top 10 lists for everything, it seems. As far as making the summer count, what would be on your top 10 list for summer activities for rising seniors? And well, actually, are there even as many as 10? <laughs> yeah, I there are certain. Some, I don't think I can come up with ten <laughs> that would be uh, listed. But the <clears throat> aside from just kind of whittling that list down, we just described that. Uh, but the <clears throat> first uh, and most important activity is to identify the essay requirements for the colleges the student has uh, on his or her list, and uh, if the student has. Uh, created an application on the uh, common application by this time, they can go in and see what the essays are. Now, currently, okay. all the essays, uh, you know, that are listed there are for the class of 2017. Now, we're 
that August 1st, the new common application will be uploaded, but it's not likely at all that any of those short answer essays or short questions are going to change. It's been pretty consistent. Um, if there is any change, it'll be very minor after August 1st. Uh, so they need to go in, and we're telling our students that uh, we're working with is to copy and paste into a Word document all the essays that they <clears throat> that are required. Uh, they'll be surprised to see some of those schools have an enormous piece, enormous, enormous amount of writing. You know, Stanford has about nine pieces of writing in addition to the common application wow. personal statement. Um, uh, Pepperdine uh, has two additional pieces of writing, you know, and some of these little uh, extra writing pieces are, you wouldn't, uh, a lot of students don't think about it as one of those things they'd be writing about. Uh, like I think Pepperdine was asking, or is asking for, you know, <clears throat> write a letter um, to your future college roommates. Uh -huh. Pepperdine is not the only college that asked that type of question. Uh, so this requires a little bit of thought and consideration, and you can't wait till September or October to, you know, complete those short answers. So that essay prep planning is, is paramount. Um, okay. That might take a, a good two days to gather and put into a Word document so you can see, the student can see exactly what is going to be uh, needed to do. Um, the other thing is the teacher letters of recommendation. Um, Number two on that list. Okay. It's, um, <clears throat> how to get the best possible teacher recommendations? They go to my website and just type in "teacher" into the search engine, and I've got a uh, tips on how to get the best teacher recommendations. One of the ways, and a few of my students have already done this. Uh, they followed. Um, you know, they already have asked their teachers. That, you know, they've they've approached their teachers. Some teachers prefer to do the recommendation over the summer. Some don't want to do anything until the fall, but there's nothing to stop a student before class ends in the junior year to ask their, you know, their teachers, once they see what the teacher requirements are on the common application, um, whether they need two or three or uh, how many, all of that information is on the common application. Then they go to the teacher. Most colleges will ask for two academic teachers from the junior year, not the sophomore year, freshman year, but from the junior year. Junior year, okay. Um, and so they go to that teacher and ask, what would be your, uh, I, I, I'm going to be, I would like to ask you for a recommendation. I like, what would your preference be? Uh, should I formally ask you now or wait until uh, the senior year? And the teachers will always, you know, Oh, let me know now. I'll be glad to write a uh, recommendation. Now, this is a caution. Uh, one thing that most teachers will do is uh, ask the, the student, give me, uh, if you have a resume, give me that resume. Um, and that's not the purpose of a teacher recommendation, to regurgitate uh, what's on the resume or sure. even mention what's on the resume, because that's part of the application. Right. Uh, so to prevent that from happening, the tips that we're guiding, we're guiding students through, and this is part of their writing for the summer, before they even ask the teacher for the recommendation, just presume that that teacher is going to say yes, but they write a four-paragraph letter thanking them for writing the recommendation. And after that, you know, in that letter, the student will 
highlight a few things, you know, requesting the student or the teacher to mention in the recommendation because <clears throat> the student is not supposed to see the recommendation, but there's, you know, if the student professionally and, and maturely asks the uh, teacher uh, or thanks the teacher for the recommendation and highlights a couple of things that he or she wants the teacher to mention, that will, you know, Re, uh, kind of enhance the uh, the recommendation. It'll give uh, it'll impress the teacher because this, very few students go to that length to to thank someone to give that recommendation. And so when that teacher sits down to write that recommendation, he or she will spend more time. Just psychology. It won't be a boilerplate recommendation. Believe me. So that's something that you know, a couple of my students, I, I say, send me the letter before you give it, send it to the teacher. Don't hand it to the teacher. Send it using a commemorative stamp. This may sound silly to some people, <laughs> but put a, a, a stamp on it uh, uh, that's colorful, that means something, could mean something special to the teacher, could mean uh, for the student. But if, it, if someone receives a mail, and very few people receive mail like this anymore, right. they, they open it and they appreciate it. Uh, it's not a bill. Um, so those little things that you know, uh, would enhance and make sure that you get the best teacher recommendation. The third thing on that list uh, would be something that's probably one of the most difficult. Um, and that is I like to have our students just sit down and, and relax. Uh, reflect on who they are, what they really want to do, and why they're going to college. It's a little bit of reflection and take your time to breathe a little bit. Um, there's going to be a, a lot of act, you know, summer is a time to take a break. And I'm just saying to students, um, go back to their self-assessments that they did with us, get a little bit of you know, more understanding of, of who they are inside. And of course, you know, this idea of re self-reflection, uh, asking a teenager to, to, to do this kind of activity is like asking my shih tzu to be quiet when, it, when someone comes to the door. And right. Uh, so I'm, I'm patient with that. I understand that. But I, at least I put that message out. <laughs> a little time to decompress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then along with that uh, reflection and relaxation, I'd like, I'd like a student to read a book um, oh. over the summer. Uh -huh. It's something, that, a fun thing. Uh, that's an activity that will get the mind, you know, kind of, because once they get into college, they're going to be, you know, surprised if it's a good college uh, with the amount of reading that they're going to need to do. Um, and it's... <clears throat> It's not uh, Huckleberry Finn and uh, uh, that, that they're used to reading, um, but I want them to read something that they enjoy, just to get their used to having eyes on a book. Uh, uh -huh. And so, if they can do that, that would be good. There's a fella, a young fella, about he's 24 or 25 now, and uh, we put him. He had a kind of a couple of contributions on the College Success Formula site, and I. That's how I found out about him. But his uh -huh. name is Brian Robin, R-O-B-E-B-B-E-N. And uh, he's written three books, two of which I think would be excellent books for parents to get, students to get for themselves. One is called Freedom Money. Um, and it's simple and automatic steps for young adults to get rich. Now, 
course, money isn't everything, but kids are not understanding the value of money. And this book is written, it's short, it's succinct, uh, and it's written in language that teenagers, I think, can relate to quickly and they can absorb quickly. So it's called Freedom Money. And the other one, um, particularly for graduating seniors, as well as rising seniors and anybody with college-bound aspirations, is how to college. You know, I question the grammar, but uh, how to college, you know, it's not a verb, but Brian Robin wrote that too. But those two books would be great books for reading in the summer. Um, Excellent. The <clears throat> test prep, we have the e-prep program. We just talked about the uh, SAT um, uh, given on August 26. They, if they st they're going to need to uh, improve their scores on either the ACT or the SAT. Uh, this has to be calendared in to their summer schedule, too. Um, uh, <clears throat> Parents are always asking me, you know, what, uh, you know, what about doing volunteer work or a job or shadowing, internship, and so forth? Yes, preparation for those kinds of things should have been done, you know, earlier in the junior year. Sure. Um, planning for UCI in California. Um, there are <clears throat> schools here. Uh, Harvard has a summer program. Um, locally and so forth, but the, when a student can, if they haven't done any kind of uh, internship or shadowing, I should say, volunteer work, doing it in the summer isn't going to enhance their application that much. Uh, finding a job, uh, trying to get any kind of job, um, that is useful. Um, but at the sacrifice of writing uh, essays and applications and so forth and reading the book and getting all the proper, um, uh, crossing all the T's and the uh, dotting the I's before the senior year begins in terms of application, that's gonna be, uh, take a lot of time. And students don't often realize how long it, uh, how long it will take. Um, if a student is going to a community college or uh, Cal State schools that don't require essays, that's, um, you know, that work won't uh, be needed, uh, but it's still good practice um, nonetheless. But most of our students, you know, are surprised at the amount of time it takes to, to do some writing uh, to, properly. The uh, other thing, you know, that has appeared on the scene in terms of um, an activity, not just in the summer, but all year round, that both adults and students might be interested in is some is uh, masterclass. And uh, masterclass.com is the site. And these are uh, $99 classes given by experts in, in a variety of fields, such as filmmaking, writing, um, architecture, um, acting, uh, all of the things. I know we have a lot of students that are looking at filmmaking. Uh, and the master class um, is something that a student can get if they're having any interest at all in a particular field and wonder what, it, what it's all about. Um, because we know we have a lot of students that do have that interest. But this is a way to get a class online at your own pace 
by an expert, and they're absolutely fantastic. Every one of them I've researched uh, looks very impressive. I'm taking the James Patterson writing course now. James Patterson, everyone I think knows about that. He's had, several of his books have turned into movies. Uh, uh, he talks about uh, in his introduction. He talks about it, you know getting rejected by 33 publishers um, when he first started. Uh, countless short stories were rejected, but uh, he's become one of the best, most prolific writers of all time with 50, 67 New York Times bestsellers. It's a um, you know, Guinness Book of Records. So he's quite prolific, and he teaches this course, and it's just the most interesting course. So um, that is some uh, an activity. I think the seventh activity I think would be a very good one to take advantage of. And there are going to be additional courses coming online. Uh, right now, there's no course uh, given by an attorney, someone in law, or someone in medicine. But I, of course, I think that'll be coming on in the future to, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful to have, you know, someone who's interested in going into health, you know, to hear, you know, directly from the person who's doing it and has been successful in doing it. So it's a great way for teenagers to get a kind of a early bird look as to what this field that they're interested in now, what it takes. So, and Masterclass, by the way, is um, you can go online Google Masterclass, and you'll find not not particularly you'll find this Masterclass that I just mentioned, but you'll find other um, areas, other professions that are talked about. Um, I'm going to have a few uh, students looking at pre-med, and there's one uh, that's titled Five Ways Medical Schools Aim to Teach the Doctors of Tomorrow." Um, we know that. It's an ever-changing field in health um, and in medicine and so forth. And the way it's being taught is being modified. And I th think for all for the good. Uh, so students that are looking to go into medicine, whether it be as a nurse, a physician assistant, or an, a medical doctor, or even a psychiatrist, you need to um, read this article. Um, and <clears throat> students can, um, you can email me at help at smartcollegeplanning.org and I'll send you information on, on that, as well as the master class uh, that I think would be helpful. So I guess that's about the seven. Uh, I can't think of ten that I <laughs> got close. Those are great yeah. tips, Eric. A couple oh. questions on a few things you said regarding recommendation letters. Now, a lot of our rising seniors, of course, are are out of the junior year uh, already, so it's, it's summertime for them. Is it possible for them to somehow contact teachers in the summertime? Yeah, I guess some some teachers uh, do have uh, access. Uh, oh, do they? They, they? Well, they've given their students uh, emails, and I. It depends on the relationship uh, and with each teacher that might have with their class and so forth. Okay. So I, I know that some teachers at the end of the junior year um, have said, "I know a lot of you are going to be asking, you know." needing recommendations if anybody is interested in um, is thinking of asking me you know I don't mind if you talk to me before the end of the class um, so they uh, usually is some way I'm 
I'm not positive about this, but there's usually some way a teacher can uh, be contacted. It probably varies. Yeah. Okay. Well, Eric, okay. I, I want to thank you for joining us tonight and for this great information for rising seniors and what they need to be doing this summer in preparation for college. Now, if anyone has any questions about this whole process and, and summer activities, um, how can they best contact you, Eric? Well, they can call uh, 978-820-1295. Um, they go to my uh, website, smartcollegeplanning.org, and email us from there, help at smartcollegeplanning.org. Okay, excellent. And thank you, College Success Formula members and followers, uh, for joining us, whether you're listening to us live this evening or the recording at a later date. And again, I do encourage you to visit Eric's website. That is www.smartcollegeplanning.org. And I promise you will find lots of exceptional college planning information there. Okay, so as always, we are here to help you succeed as you plan for your college for your children. And you can contact us at support at collegesuccessformula.com. Until next time, take care. College planning success to you, and may God bless. Good night.